Hi, this is Kara Swisher, and I want to talk to you about my new podcast for The New York Times called Sway. If you want to know what people who hold power in our world are really all about, you need to hear how they answer the tough questions. And that is my specialty. And although it might get messy, as it always does, it's also going to be really fun. You can get Sway wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available Mondays and Thursdays. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Uh, now, before we roll, a request. We'd like some input on how we can improve the podcast. And we're running a survey over on the Site Visibility website. Take about five minutes of your time. It'd be really helpful to us because it will help us to continue to make your sort of um, podcasting experience as great as possible. If you want to help us out and go there, the page is sitevisibility.com slash survey. Uh, we'd really appreciate your feedback. And again, that's sitevisibility.com forward slash survey. Now, today I'm joined by Daniel J. Lewis. I nearly fudged your name up then, Daniel. How are you? I'm very well. At least you didn't say Daniel Day Lewis, a popular <laughs> actor here in the U.S. I get that joke a lot. That's a miracle I didn't, actually. Now, uh, you are known for, well, uh, I think still a number of podcasts, aren't you? But the, the one I know you for is the Audacity to Podcast. Yeah, it's my meta podcast. It's a podcast about podcasting for podcasters where we talk about how to start or improve a podcast. It's just inception in podcast form. Yes, the meta cubed podcast. Now, let's start off then. Just tell our audience, because not all of our audience may necessarily know about you, but just tell our audience a little bit about you, a little bit about the podcast and perhaps about some of your other podcasts. And then we'll get into some juicy podcast related discussions. Well, I help people launch and improve their own podcasts for sharing their passions and finding success. And I do that through a variety of means. One is with the Audacity to Podcast, which is my award-winning podcast about podcasting, that meta one we talked about. And under that umbrella, I also offer other products and services for podcasters like My Podcast Reviews, which goes and collects all of your global podcast reviews emails them to you automatically. And I have a membership group for podcasters who want to improve their podcast that they've already launched. And that's at podcastersociety.com. Mm. So it's it's all about, and this is my business, it's all about helping people with their podcasts. I provide a lot of free information. And then I also provide some of that paid information and services to them. And I'm really passionate about helping people improve. I'm actually more passionate about helping them improve than helping them launch, although I will help people launch with the free resources I provide. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, the last time I spoke to you, I think it was April 2011, it was on my other podcast, Podcasting Advisor, and a lot of water has passed under the bridge since then. I'm just wondering what has changed in podcasting, Daniel. Is, is, is podcasting still the power player for sort of you know, building trust and authenticity that it was in the mid-noughties. I hate that term, the noughties. You know what I mean? The 2000s. <laughs> it certainly is. And in fact, back in April 2011, I don't remember exactly how our conversation went, but I'm pretty sure that I did not share what was going to be big news for me at that time. Because yeah. at that time in 2011, I was working full-time in a job at a nonprofit. I was a web designer. And 
I, like the Cylons, had a plan. Mm. And that was to leave my job very soon at that point. I think it was May that I gave my two weeks notice. And what I was going to do in my mind was I was going to become a freelance designer and my podcast, the Audacity podcast, would be my marketing aspect for that because podcasters need websites. Well, since then, the business has changed significantly. Now I really focus only on helping podcasters with podcasting, not creating websites for them. But I decided in um, 2010, actually, to leave my job a year later. And so when we had that discussion, the pieces were falling into place. And it was the podcast that made that possible, that enabled me to launch that business, that gave me an audience, and that helped build that trust and that authority and influence so that my business could be running today. So is podcasting still the power player for building that trust and authenticity? Yes, totally. Mm. I'm a story of that. And even to this day, I don't have the large numbers that the top podcasters in iTunes have. Mm. In fact, it's not worth it for a company to sponsor my podcast. I don't think I have enough numbers for it to be worth it for them or for it to be worth it for me. But with my relatively small audience, and what I'm calling relatively small is a big number still to me, Mm. and that's about 3,500 downloads per episode. With that small number from a sponsorship perspective, I've made six figures in a year before, and that's not counting the decimal points in case you're wondering if I'm being cute, (laughs) but I have cracked that $100,000 limit because of the podcast. And that's all tied in with building trust, authority, and most importantly, influence. With influence, you can accomplish anything. And a podcast is a huge way to build that. It's been that way since its inception, and it is still that way today, even more so, I think. Why do you think that is, Daniel? I mean... It's it is incredibly powerful. Do you think it's because it's a very sort of personal mode of communication? Certainly. Uh, back when podcasting started, the main way people were consuming podcasts were through desktop computers, through iTunes or other apps like that. Now we are able to consume podcasts on our mobile devices. So podcasts have become significantly more portable. Mm. With that portability means that people are able to consume their podcasts in much more This may sound a little bit weird, but follow with me here in much more intimate settings, places where they aren't able to consume other media. Like it's illegal in most places and should be everywhere to watch videos in the car or to read a book while you're driving. But you can listen to a podcast. Mm. You can listen to podcasts while you're doing other things around the house. You know, wear a pair of headphones and connect it to your iPod or, well, that's an old thing now, but your iPhone, your Android phone. You can consume podcasts in that way while doing other things. And many times while doing things where other conversations are impossible or unwelcome, like I will admit, I've listened to podcasts while I've been sitting on the toilet or (laughs) I'll listen to podcasts while I'm mowing the yard. And my wife doesn't follow me around while I'm mowing the yard trying to have a conversation with me. Now, if she was, then there's something wrong in our relationship. (laughs) But I do listen to podcasts in these contexts. So because of that, because of the portability that's been within the last few years, I think that makes podcasting even more intimate than other forms of media because we can take that with us wherever we go. And people do. Yeah. And especially things like um, you mentioned sort of 
driving. I mean, a lot of modern cars these days are connected, aren't they? But they also have Bluetooth players and MP3 players and all sorts, don't they? Yeah, and most cars, I heard this stat just recently when I was uh, presenting on a panel somewhere, that most of the cars around there that we see people driving, the average age is 11 years old. So this new technology that's coming to cars hasn't even saturated the market all that much yet. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll we'll still see more people using that technology as it as it becomes more saturated in the market and the radio options are going to really die as people realize how easy it is to seamlessly connect their entertainment experience from their headphones to their car speakers. Yeah. Now, we've mentioned cars, and we've mentioned sort of mobile increasing. If you look at the sort of the timeline, Daniel, from, um, well, maybe the inception of podcasting, which I'm I'm guessing 2005-ish, there's probably a contentious issue there, maybe 2004, not sure. But between there and now, what are the sort of major technical or sort of platform developments have there been that have affected podcasting? Yeah, podcasting started in 2004, and since then, the couple major things were in 2005 when iTunes launched support for podcasts. Mm. That's when I discovered podcasts. I think the other major thing that we have is in, I don't remember the exact year now because I'm not an Apple fanboy, but when Apple introduced the iPhone, that was a major thing because then that meant it made it a lot easier to take media around with us. And then a few years later, or several years later, with iOS 9, the podcast app came pre-installed with mobile devices. So no longer would you have to go find the podcast app to download it. It significantly reduced the number of steps people had to take. And now today in uh, 2016, Google launched their official podcast support with Google Play Music. And we don't see that picking up a whole lot because Google really missed their opportunity. And Now the Google podcast consumption space is dominated by other apps, but someday that could shift. Still, I think that's a significant thing that we see in the space of these smartphone manufacturers or the mobile operating system manufacturers, including support for podcasts natively. Yeah. So it's all to do with making it sort of uh, more frictionless, I suppose. There's probably a, a word that means more frictionless. I can't, I can't think of a better word at the moment. Le- less frictiony. Oh, I don't know. You know what I mean, anyway. It's all to do with making it sort of easier to, to listen to podcasts, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Many people will say that podcasts have a discoverability problem. Yeah. But it's not podcasters will say, I have a discoverability problem. But podcast consumers aren't thinking, oh, there's a discoverability problem. I don't know how to find podcasts. No, what most people find when they want to consume a podcast or they hear about podcasting, the problem is actually education and usability. It's We need to make it even more frictionless for people to be able to consume podcasts and educate them on this radically different form of media that's so different from what everyone already knows with books and blogs and TV shows and movies and magazines. Podcasts are a different thing. And people have that obstacle of, well, thinking, oh, I don't have an iPod. I think that has gone down significantly in the years. Mm. But people don't know often that they already have an app at their reach with which they can subscribe to podcasts. Mm. 
Hi, this is Kara Swisher, and I want to talk to you about my new podcast for The New York Times called Sway. If you want to know what people who hold power in our world are really all about, you need to hear how they answer the tough questions. And that is my specialty. And although it might get messy, as it always does, it's also going to be really fun. You can get Sway wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available Mondays and Thursdays. Now, um, I wanted to talk about this because a year or two, about two, two, two and a half years ago, there was um, arguably a sort of a bit of a resurgence in interest in podcasting. Um, my question to you is, do, do you agree with that? And if you do, are we still riding that wave of, of resurgence in interest? I like your carefully chosen wording. Oh, yes, resurgence. I'm famous. Yes, I'm very careful with my wording. <laughs> resurgence in interest. A lot of people will say there's been a resurgence in podcasting. Mm. No, there hasn't. It's been constant, steady growth since its inception in 2004. Mm. But we do see a resurgence in interest, primarily from news outlets. And what I think is kind of happening is that they have forgotten about podcasts. Remember, podcast was the word of the year in 2005. Yeah. And uh, I forget which tech magazine it was, but they named Leo Laporte as man of the year because of his podcast. Wow. Well, since then, podcasts have continued to grow. There was only one year that it saw a 1% decrease, but we've seen consistent growth since then. Not hockey stick growth, but consistent growth. And I think the media, news media, reporters and such, are catching on because I, I really don't want to demean them, but it may sound this way. They kind of tend to stay in their little bubble. And when something is introduced into their bubble, they sometimes think there's a resurgence in that thing. And that's what it seems we see in the podcasting space is a lot of news media, public radio personalities and celebrities are jumping into podcasts and that's catching the attention of the news media. And so therefore there seems to be this resurgence on the news attention podcasts are getting when it's been growing ever since then. Do you think that the, the, the quality bar has, has gone up a lot since those early days, Daniel, because we, we do get some pretty amazing podcasts now, don't we? That have been, we've been really sort of glossily, another weird word, sorry, I'm British, <laughs> glossily sort of uh, produced. Um, do, do you think it's harder to, Start a podcast these days? I don't think so. I think looking at from the very beginning of podcasts, I think the bar has risen significantly since then because from the very beginning, it was very much two guys talking about whatever's on their mind. But in the last decade, that's significantly matured so that it's, yes, sometimes it's still two guys, but they have a purpose. Mm. They have a following. They have a perspective that's unique. They have an approach to things. They produce things enough. It doesn't have to be this full public radio style production or something to the level of serial. Now, that level of editing and production has existed for years before serial. Yeah. But there is that major level production in the space that's a bit more popular now, especially with mainstream consumption, where people are thinking, oh, I want to consume podcasts, I'll find something that's really well produced. But I think that the big power of podcasting is in the niches, or for you, Andy, 
niches. <laughs> and for your British audience, that I, is. I say niches. <laughs> no, I don't. I say okay, niches. well, I say sorry niche, about I the T, by the way, too. <laughs> but the inside of the niches, we have these people that are extremely passionate about their topic. They may never break the barrier of a thousand downloads per episode or anything like that. Mm. But what they do, they're very, very good at. They have great conversations. They're well-prepared. Their audience is loyal. And that doesn't take a high level of production. Really, all it takes is being able to be heard and understood. And you can get that with decent equipment. Now, the, the entry level for podcasting equipment has significantly decreased over the years. Hmm. Cost-wise, you can get good quality for a low cost. Yeah. But I think there will always be those podcasts that will be painful to listen to because the hosts don't care about investing even the bare minimum amount to get decent quality. Yeah. And those tend to fall by the wayside. Yes, the cream rises to the top. The quality rises. But I don't think to get that quality, you have to have a production staff and a, millions of dollars in a budget. Well, that's good to know. Now, a lot of our listeners are going to be sort of like one-man bands, uh, small, medium-sized businesses, and they're going to be wondering uh, about uh, maybe starting a podcast as part of their sort of marketing strategy. Daniel, if you if you could have one top tip or sort of like key takeaway for our audience today uh, about starting a podcast, or maybe some tips about when you're already doing a podcast, what would it be? Learn how to make great content. Because that's what podcasting is. You are creating content for people. It's content marketing. So if you have a business, you may be tempted to make your podcast about your business. That's not the ideal thing because people don't want to listen to commercials. Mm. But if you can create content that is what your ideal customer needs, they will build that trust. You will build that influence and authority so that when you have something to sell them, they'll be much more likely to buy it from you instead of from someone else because you've been building that relationship with your audience. Fantastic. So content is king still. It is. Content and then personality. People will come first for the content, mm. but they'll stay for the personality. It's like I subscribe to all of the podcasts about podcasting out there at some point. Mm. I check them out. I started listening because I want to stay informed. I want to continue learning. I know I don't know everything. So I want to learn from my fellow peers, even though they may seem like competition. I consider them more like peers. So I subscribe to them. But if the hosts aren't engaging, if their presentation style isn't personable, if they're not bringing a unique perspective, if I can't connect with them, I don't stay around for their podcast. And that's the way it is for many people. So you may go into iTunes or whatever podcast app and you search for podcast around a certain topic, you subscribe to them. Mm. So you are attracted by their content first. Then how do you start deciding to unsubscribe? Most likely it's their personality, their yeah. presentation style, yeah. maybe their production a little bit. Certainly if they sound like they're talking into a phone that's 10 feet away from them, you'll probably not be able to hear and understand them. So you'll probably unsubscribe. Yeah. But it's that personality that keeps you subscribed to a podcast. So if, if, if you're like a, a small business and you're thinking of, of using a podcast, do you think it's important then, Daniel, to sort of, you sort of within your organization try and find uh, someone that's good at presenting or has, has got a good sort of voice or what, what sort of qualities might that person have? Human. 
what would a human want to relate with? And that's the kind of person it is. So don't think about the brand. Don't think about the extremely polished professional person who is the marketer and uses all of the marketing speak. Think about the kind of person your audience would want to hang out with, would want to go get a coffee or have lunch with. Mm. Think about that kind of thing. That will give your company a lot more of a human impression and humans as ironic and crazy as the sound humans like relating with humans so be human to your audience and they will be human back to you so human and relatable exactly daniel thanks so much for joining us it's been great to talk to you again um tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your wonderful podcast the audacity to podcast it's all at the audacity to podcast.com that has links to my courses, my products and services, as well as my award-winning podcast now about to celebrate 300 episodes of the audacity to podcast. And I'm about to celebrate my 10 year anniversary in podcasting. That's all at the audacity to podcast.com. And I'm on Twitter at the Daniel J Lewis. That's fantastic. Thanks, Daniel. And thank you for listening. Listeners, the show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review um, so that um, you know we can help more people. Um, and we're always open to questions and suggestions for future topics to be discussed. So feel free to email us at podcast at sitevisibility.com or you can tweet us at site visibility um if you want to connect with me personally i'm dr pod d-o-c-t-o-r-p-o-d on twitter and linkedin if you want to continue the conversation and you can join the site visibility group on linkedin well that's all from me andy and it's all from daniel thank you very much and we'll see you next time on internet marketing <laughs>